Welcome to today's podcast. Thank you for coming to episode number 27. Lord, we've been on fire. And I'm, I know, I'm so grateful, but I know that we've been helping so many people. The feedback has been incredible. The reviews have been incredible. The DMs have, have been incredible. The best thing that I hear is when you all tell me that you're binging on it, because then I know that you're loving something. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you for telling everyone you love, everyone you care about, um, even your coworker, the one you don't really care too much about but still want to help out. Thank you for telling them. I got a lot of love for you. Today's show is going to be good. We're going to jump into the knowledge bomb. I got a really passionate knowledge bomb. I want everyone to start learning about this and maybe incorporating it into their everyday product review, a childhood favorite, a adulthood favorite, and then we have a really special guest. This guy is so in tune with physical state, mental state, spiritual state. He's a well-rounded individual and he's going to just be dropping gems left and right. So prepare for the show. Get ready for the knowledge bomb as we move on. Okay, for this knowledge bomb, I had an overwhelming need to share with you all something that has been life-changing for me, something that I have been doing for so many years, something that has filled me with a lot of radiance, a lot of joy, really, really important perspective on life, um, really one of the most powerful exercises that we can do, gives us control and understanding of our human experience. It makes us uplifting to others. We uplift others. Of course, this is the granddaddy of all the mind-body exercises. What am I talking about? I'm talking about meditation, 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 okay? Oh no, another podcast on meditation. But how many podcasts talk about the mental, emotional, spiritual, and the physical, and the science behind it? This is what I'm giving you all, because I love you all. And I'm giving, I'm giving it to you straight. So meditation's been around forever. It's ancient. It's ancient. They say it's 5,000 years before Christ, but you know what? Probably even before that. Those are the first documentations of it. There is the spiritual benefits, right? And what do I mean by that? It brings you to a reality, right? The place of who you are, right? It introduces you to who you are. What are you? What is life? What is the body? You know, one of my favorite movie directors is David Lynch. He'd made a lot of these really off the beaten path, abstract, kind of creepy movies, but he's such an amazing director and he's in it. Like he's so about meditation, particularly transcendental meditation, but he made a really good quote. He said, the thing about meditation is, well, you become more and more you, which is so true because the more you do it, the more you get introduced to who you are and why you're here. And I think that's one of the most powerful facts of this whole thing is that we can really be something really powerful, right? We're introduced to that oneness. Everything that you see, you understand your place in it, right? It dissolves this sense of self, right? And what I mean by sense of self, and it could be scary, right? Sometimes you don't want to dissolve your sense of self. You go, no, 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 no. I am Christian Gonzalez. I'm a doctor in California and I am my Instagram and I am my podcast and all of these false identities, right? That, that really aren't truly us. There's something that we're doing, like we're part of this play of life, but there's so much more depth to us. And that Depth is what, when we are aligned with it, really brings out our true power, our true power. 
That is when we are our most powerful selves, when we know who we are. So I wanted to share with you that you can access that greatness, that power of who you are, right? And this is one of the quickest roads. This is like a shortcut. It's like, you know, when you drive and you Google Maps goes, hey, uh, we found a shortcut for you. Well, and you press yes and you accept it. Well, it's sort of like that. I want to introduce you all to the shortcut. I remember I saw this meme online. It was four little boxes, four pictures in a square. And in the top, it says, what is it like to meditate? And it was literally a chocolate gorilla in a bowl of milk. And the chocolate gorilla is sitting there and he represents you and the bowl of milk represents nature and the universe. But the milk is hot, right? It's, it's boiling because they're making chocolate milk or whatever. So 30 minutes into it, you see the, the gorilla getting a little distorted, his head sticking out, a little bit of arm sticking out. 45 minutes into it, you see just the head sticking out. And then after an hour, you got chocolate milk. And then there's a speech bubble like a comic book and says, oh, I am the universe, right? You become one, you understand your true nature. So um, there was a quote that said, prayer is talking to something outside of you, whereas meditation is when that something talks to you. And I can attest to that 1000%. Um, so you find your power, you see how strong of a creator you are. You see that you're driving this human experience. And the more you meditate, the more your awareness goes to that truth, right? Like then, uh, you know, when you're an optimologist and they're just switching and making things really blurry, blurry, and then they make it really clear, the more you get into that depth of who you are, the more clear really life becomes. It's, it's really sublime, yet so blatantly powerful at the same time. So you become less reactive, right? Less, when you're in a fight with your partner, you become less attacked because it's not about you. There's a bigger picture to it. You appreciate the fight with your partner. You appreciate the contrarian that you meet when you do an Instagram post or something. You appreciate um, the contrarian at your work who keeps criticizing you, right? Because you see that they're there for you. They're not against you. Crazy, crazy stuff. But as we move on, I want to explain something. We all know that the esoteric exercise of meditation is ancient. It really nurtures our spiritual body our emotional body, our mental body. But look, I'm a doctor. I got to talk medicine. So let's go into the medical benefits. Why would I miss this? So it absolutely is nurturing to the physical body. The National Health Interview study of 2017 showed that U.S. adults use meditation in the past 12 months more and more. It's tripled from 2012 to 2017. And for children, it went up nine times. So we are becoming more conscious of a society, which is great. Uh, we have so much more to do, so much more changes that we can make, but this is amazing stuff. But what about medical evidence? Well, we know it's helpful for blood pressure. There's been studies on that. There's been studies on IBS. How about ulcerative colitis? Hell yeah. Anxiety, depression, insomnia, smoking. It strengthens your immune system in a dose response, so meaning the more you do it, the stronger your immune system is really crazy, right? It's helpful for pain management. If you'll recall, I had a podcast speaking about breathing and meditation and pain management. I had a guest talk about it and it helps in the management of chronic disease and even end of life. Um, so many things physically, but I want to talk about one thing. When we have this meditation experience, we're experiencing something more than us, right? We are a wave. And then at some point we see that oh, wait, I'm not this wave, I've been the ocean. And that wave right across from me, 40 feet away, 20 feet away, 10 feet away, is still me. So when we're experiencing that, yes, we see something bigger than us, but 
we're having the stimulation and changes specifically in a, one part of our body more than any. It's, it's, it's all throughout, but one part more than any, and it's our brain. And when I tell you what meditation does to the brain, your jaw might drop. First of all, you know, when we're having these thoughts and, and uh, these, these, these actions and, and every, our habits, they're lighting up different parts of our brain. But in meditation, in that meditative state, there's something called whole brain synchronizations, right? Both of your hemispheres act as one. That's already incredible. Because what's happening is it's causing an awakened but relaxed state, a deep and peaceful state, but a hyper-focused state at the same time. And that's the character of the brain acting as one, right? The goal is, is can we walk through our waking life with our brain acting as one? So let's go a little bit into the studies. Harvard University, meditation can change the structure of the brain. I just said that, but recall my podcast. Remember I spoke about neuroplasticity. This is exactly it. Meditation will increase the thickness of areas of learning and memory, right? But it'll also at the same time decrease in volume the centers of fear, anxiety, stress, right? The changes in the brain are seen not only objectively, right? You can measure it in these scans, but also subjectively by the patients. They're stating that, yes, no, I have less anxiety. I have less stress and I'm certainly having better memory, right? So these are, these are palpable changes that we can have. UCLA, folks who meditated for 20 plus years had more gray matter than folks who did not of the same age. Well, why is that important? Because it's important for memory, informational processing, right? It's basically preserving the brain better as we age versus folks who never meditated. And this is just 20, 20 years and above. So you have, if you start today and you're in your 30s like me, you do it for 20 years, by 50, you already have a better preserved brain than folks who, who, who never meditated. All right, Yale University, a decrease in the activity of the part of the brain that is associated with wandering. Wandering, wandering, wandering. What do I mean? That is called the self-referential center. It is the me center. It is the wandering mind, and I call it the monkey mind. It's like when our brain is jumping from thought to thought. We ever play Super Mario Brothers? You know those green pipes? You jump from green pipe to green pipe? Same thing, thought to thought to thought. That might be the most important effect that I mentioned yet because this is our number one distraction to blocking us from who we are, right? It's, it's what dirties the mirror to show us the reflection of ourselves. That rumination, the ones that go back to the past and cause depression, the ones that jump to the future and cause anxiety, well, this quiets it down, such that not only do you start creating new brain connections through neuroplasticity, right? The, the, there's wiring and firing over and over, that even when you do step away and you start becoming in, back in that monkey mind, what that neuroplasticity does is it pulls you fast, much quicker than the folks who don't meditate. So you see there are physical changes that are happening in your brain. John Hopkins, meditation has almost identical effect size, meaning that's a strength of a phenomenon that happens of antidepressants. In other words, meditation had pretty much the same power of antidepressants in this study. Why? The brain is plastic and it learns through stimulus. The more we stimulate it through meditation, the more that it has an antidepressant effect. So these researchers, the researcher, one of the lead researchers says, this was their quote, they said that meditation is basically brain training. 
training and training, right? That's why it's called a practice. You train it and train it and train it. Just like me going to the gym and doing bicep curls on my right arm, I'm going to have a disproportionately big bicep muscle on my right arm. But brain training uh, with antidepressants, you ain't training nothing, right? You're putting a Band-Aid on some antiquated way of understanding what depression is when that's not even the cause of depression. But regardless, I digress. Let's go back into meditation. It literally retrains the brain, right? It, it, it causes the brain change such that it makes you less susceptible to even have depressant episodes. Cheap, fast, that's incredible that we can do this, those type of things. So what do other studies show? Well, in education, it's helpful. It only took a couple of weeks of meditation for folks to improve focus and memory on standardized testing. They did it in children in San Francisco in the high school. Meditation two times per day, reduction in suspension, increase in attendance, increase in GPAs. Reduction in social anxiety for folks who have social anxiety, and that's because, again, it touches that me-based center, right? that self-referential center. It reduces that, that monkey mind where it's me, 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 oh, what are people going to think about me? And you just relax. And then there's the data on addiction, right? It's helpful for addiction because it works on the self-control part, right? You have better, it, it was actually seen to be better than conventional treatment for smoking in a study that showed that not only was it better for during treatment, but it's also after. 17 weeks after when they revisited it, folks didn't go back to smoking. Why? Because through meditation, it separated the craving from the action. That's pretty crazy. It, it separated your craving towards the action that you take. Because when you're in an addiction, there's no separation. Craving equals the addictive behavior. But this actually caused you to take a step back so you see that. So you see that for what it is. So look, folks will go. Meditation is not for me. You know, I tried it, and I I just couldn't get into it. Um, but that means it's more indicated for you, right? I said that in the beginning. I had the craziest mind. I had one thousand thoughts per every two minutes. Do you know how hard it is to meditate with a thousand thoughts? It doesn't matter though. When you sit down, and even have the awareness that you have a thousand thoughts, that could be your session. Your full day's worth of, or your full hour's worth of meditation could just be you going, wow, I had a lot of thoughts. The next day, it can be the same thing. And the next day, it could be the same thing. You could be doing the same thing for two weeks. But at some point, at some point, you see and begin to see yourself separating and seeing your thoughts as not you. That's the first step. That's the first phenomenon. Because then you know you've made a break. And when you see your thoughts as not you, and you start seeing them as sort of clouds passing by on a cliff, you, you don't see the need to attach to them. And when you don't see the need to attach to them, ooh, then you're making leeway on the meditation. But still, it's okay wherever you are in meditation. The goal is to, to of course, uh, take advantage of all the benefits, great. But regardless, the practice of meditation will come. The intention equals the action. It will come, sit down, be alone with your thoughts, don't judge your thoughts, see your thoughts coming in, and I promise you, 1,000 thoughts will become 999, and that 999 in a few days will become 850, and that 850 will become 700, and it'll keep going and keep going till the point where then you sit down, you close your eyes, and you get into a meditative state, and you'll see yourself maybe with three, four thoughts. You quiet them down, and then you're just with your true self, your true reality, that subliminal, sublime state, that powerful, powerful truth is, is what life is about for me. And you can hear the passion coming out because I want to share it with everyone because I believe everyone has the right to experience this bliss. Okay, so I'll, I'll basically close with 
this part. There's a Zen proverb that said, and this is, this, I could take this advice too. You should sit down in meditation for 20 minutes every day, unless you're too busy. Well, then you should sit down for an hour. And I should take that advice too, because when I'm super busy, guess what suffers? My self-care, my meditative practice. But I cannot understate the importance of having a consistent meditative practice. Go in a quiet room, do like me if you need to, put in earplugs, put in headphones, don't have any distractions, find a comfortable posture, not too comfy so you go to sleep, I've done that a few times, and focus your attention, right? Like I said, those thousand thoughts will soon become 800, 850, 700, 600, and then pay attention to that cloud analogy. You see the thought, separate yourself from that thought, see it pass by, you don't need to hold on to it. Welcome those thoughts. If you have so many, be forgiving, be, it's okay, it doesn't matter. You're good and be sharp. So understand that um, the thoughts can dissolve quick. You ain't go, you don't need to go anywhere. You just need to be there, right? We all deserve to be ourselves. We all deserve to live in bliss. We all deserve to uplift others. We all deserve to be in our power and share that with each other. So all the while we can nourish our bodies and change our brains. I mean, like this is the cheapest and most powerful drug. You put that in a capsule, you market at Dr. G's benefits, I'll be a billionaire. But guess what? I don't need to do that. You can do it and you can do it today. Let's move on to the product review. Today's product review is on one of my favorite snacks since I was a kid, popcorn. I remember that my mom used to get me those microwavable popcorns every time I got a movie and I'd put them in there and there would be butter and I'd add some salt and you know, I would just I would just, that was my habit. And now we have so many healthier options, right? And I brought a few. I went to the local conventional market, but by conventional, I mean like not a Whole Foods or specialty one like that. But then I went to Whole Foods and picked up a few too. So um, I'm gonna go over some popcorns and giving some advice on what to look for for popcorns. And, um, and yeah, let's just jump right into it. Of course, the, the, the way I do it is going with the worst because I like bad news first and good news second. So Pirate's Booty, aged white cheddar. I, you know what? I, I've seen it, but I never really took a really good look at it. But any company that has a, a motion picture on the front probably isn't healthy, right? You go to the supermarket, you see some cereals. If they have Lion King on the cereal, it's probably Frosted Flakes or something. So... Um, one thing already off the bat, we know there's no labeling, none of the labeling that, you know, that my, that's my vibe, Dr. G's vibe, nothing. Um, but it also says no artificial flavors or preservatives and it's gluten-free. Thank you. It's gluten-free. Great. And it's baked with rice and corn puffs. Well, we all know about corn and you know how I feel about corn. Majority of the corn in America is genetically modified. And you'll see that a lot of these corns do specify genetically modified and or USDA organic. Pirate's Booty does none of the two. It uses cornmeal as the first ingredient, likely genetically modified. Rice flour, okay, I, I feel some sort of way about rice flour all the time, uh, particularly if you go back to listen to rice and arsenic, I talk about that a little bit. But then we know that my, one of my mortal enemies, and I got love for everything, but still one of my mortal en enemies is canola oil. Why is canola oil in here? Um, you'll see that other companies use either sunflower oil, sometimes coconut oil, but there's no need for sunflower oil to be in this popcorn. I mean, I'm sorry, canola oil to be in this popcorn at all. And ooh, you know how I feel about dairy. Dairy is destructive to health. 
no one should be having dairy, period. I'm not dogmatic about much, but I certainly am dogmatic about dairy. Why then does this have cheddar cheese, cultured milk, buttermilk, um, stu like stuff that whey, whey, right? And, and there's other ones that have, you'll see they'll have organic whey. But what we do know is all three of these, cultured milk, buttermilk, whey, all have an effect on the digestive systems, particularly whey, right? Whey has a lot of, it causes a lot of gastric distress in the body, right? Good amino acids in whey, but still shouldn't be particularly, it's, it's literally the, the remains of curdled milk, that liquid. Um, yeah, so uh, especially if you have digestive issues, you should absolutely be staying away from dairy in the first place. If you have hormone issues, you should be staying away from dairy in the first place. If you have acne, stay away from dairy. So this is not going to be lending to your health, this Pirate's Booty one. Natural flavor, how ambiguous is that? What is the natural flavor derived from? Can be um, synthetic natural flavor. Yes, absolutely. Citric acid, probably derived from corn. And, oh, but it has organic black pepper. Thank you. That, that made my day. Pirate's booty, please walk the plank and fall off my table. I just made that up. That was pretty creative. I'm pretty happy with that one. Um, all right, Simple Truth Kettle Popcorn. I got this from Ralph's, no artificial flavors. Pretty much the same deal. Not as bad, I don't think, uh, but the first ingredient is popcorn. I would hope so. Uh, why does it have sugar? Why does it have vegetable oil, probably made from corn and or soy, some of the cheapest ones? Um, oh yeah, it says it right here, corn, canola oil. You already know how I feel about canola oil. Simple truth is simply crap. All right, the next one is skinny pop, popcorn, white cheddar. Now we're just, moving towards better options, not necessarily the best, and I don't know if I would eat it, but this one says non-GMO, it's gluten-free, great. It does have the non-GMO verified label. So now I know that the corn in here at least is non-GMO. So if I was in the rush or starving and on the road, I might pick this one up. It's Skinny Pop. I'm assuming it's modeled after Skinny Bop, that poison song. I've just dated myself a little bit, but yeah, look, here we go. Skinny pop, popcorn, sunflower oil, natural non-dairy cheddar flavor. Still, my big qualm with this is this. Regardless, it has cheddar flavor, non-dairy cheddar flavor. What the hell is non-dairy cheddar flavor? Where, where are you deriving it from? What are you mimicking to even mimic dairy? First of all, you know how I feel about dairy, but what is natural non-dairy flavor? So is it a synthetic? Is someone in a lab putting together flavors and going, there's your cheddar flavor. Here's your natural flavors, right? So already a big alarm in itself. Um, and then it has the natural flavors ambiguity. So look, it's non-GMO, great. You know, the corn, so I don't have to worry about the corn, but what else are you putting in there? Like, where's, how say, non-GMO does not mean that it doesn't have anything else synthetic. So the non-dairy cheddar flavor can absolutely be synthetic. So look, like, again, in the rush, need to eat at a party, sure, great. But let's get to the better ones, the ones that I, that I would eat more regularly, all right? So the next one is Boom Chicka Pop. I know that, I know you know this one because they sell it everywhere. Angie's Boom Chicka Pop, right? Again, whole grain energy. Okay, great. Non-GMO, gluten-free, great. So I've had these before. They're pretty good, actually. Um, Non-GMO, great. So now I know the corn is non-GMO. But what I feel much better about, much better about is the thank you, Angie, that Angie uses very simple ingredients. Popcorn, sunflower oil, sea salt. 
right? Sunflower usually is used over coconut um, for the most part, and you'll see it in most of these uh, popcorns. Uh, they both have strong uh, heating points, right? So they, they become rancid less readily than other oils, right? You wouldn't use olive oil in here, and that's why you don't see it. Regardless, it should be simple like this. Popcorn, sunflower oil, and sea salt. Much, much better. I could take a breath. Thank you, Angie. Much better product. Now, the Buddha Bowl ones, you've seen this one by Lesser Evil. They actually make some like Cheetos type uh, chips that I use every now and then, but these Buddha Bowl ones, I like these. So I brought two, right? Because I think they reformulated it. If you look, this one, this one closest to me is a better one than this one. I think they simplified the ingredients more. So um, I'll actually go with the better one. Lesser evil, sinful taste, organic popcorn, Himalayan, Buddha man over here in pink. But here's what I like. And you know that I'm a stickler for this. Look, USDA organic. Ooh, perfect. So now I know that even if there's non-GMO verified corn, now I know with USDA organic, any other, even if they put natural flavors, I know that they're being uh, derived from organic ingredients. I could worry much less. Gluten-free, perfect, because who wants gluten in their life? Even if you're not glutenous, glu uh, have celiac disease, you still want to stay away from gluten regularly. And it's vegan, good, it should be. Um, so look, organic non-GMO popcorn, awesome. They use uh, organic extra virgin coconut oil, right? So coconut oil, in my opinion, or in most people who know nutrition's opinion, is going to have a better profile than sunflower oil, less inflammatory. Um, and this one doesn't even have that high of saturated fat, three grams per three cups, right? So much better, right? I, I like the oil better that they use. And it has Himalayan salt, simple ingredients, just like Boom Chicka, but it's a little bit better because the oil. In my opinion, I like it a little bit better. Um, lesser Evil gets the award for, it is the Lesser Evil. It's literally, it's not even the Lesser Evil of everything. It's the best of the best. It does have sinful taste. And um, yeah, so I probably won't return this one. I'll probably eat it on the road on the way home. So I really hope this helped you all out to look for popcorn. Remember, take homes, look for, gotta have the non-GMO, at the very least non-GMO verified in the popcorn. So you know that the corn is not genetically modified. Don't have to worry about glyphosate. The, uh, the, the first two that I mentioned don't have it. I worry about that. And then you wanna see simple ingredients, right? Like the, 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 the latter two, what we saw is just, you know, two, three ingredients, don't have to worry too much. Uh, I love Lesser Evil, particularly because it uses coconut oil over sunflower oil, but still both are pretty good. Go to the supermarket now. Now you know how to look for popcorn. Give your kids, give your family better options. Let's go to our special guest. I've been excited for this one. I can't wait for you guys to discover this, this, this special guy. So uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. Today's special guest is gonna be a very special one. I'm very excited to get into this conversation. I don't wanna wait any longer. His name's Aaron Alexander. He is the host of the Align Podcast. He is the author of the Align Method, and he's a crazy special movement coach. We're gonna go into all the details about him, and he's gonna teach you some stuff to go home with. So without further ado, Aaron, thank you for coming to the show, man. Thanks for making this happen, man. I Was that a good it. intro for you? That was great. Yeah. I almost shed a tear. <laughs> Thanks for coming, man. Like, I, I, I think you are, uh, uh, you are so valuable because you are just accessible and 
you know so much about so much. Hmm. And that's amazing, right? Um, your podcast has a variety, it's sort of like mine, a variety hmm. of different people in their disciplines who can really shed some light into improving each other's lives. But there's some really interesting ones. I would actually submit that you all check out the podcast and look at some of the titles. Like, there's some really interesting stuff that Probably you didn't even to the know. Anal stimulation one, aren't yes, you? Yes, yes. <laughs> that was the one. Yeah, I was like, what? And before is... that, spiritual body was the previous. Episode. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting the diversity of patients you get. So I, we we can go into that, but first I want to speak about sort of what you do. Yeah. Well, so for the for last uh, twelve years from like a career perspective was doing manual therapy and, and coaching clients to move better. Um, so that was rolfing or structural integration along with essentially, and you know, I call it movement coaching, but like personal training, training people to move, move well. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the last four or so years that transitioned into more creating media and these messages to kind of convey that out to a wider group of people. So I started the Alliant podcast and started teaching workshops and yeah. put together like online programs and kind of trying to, how can we take what we are doing inside this office, which is probably a similar thing that you've experienced in your own career, I, I would guess is mm -hmm. probably a similar transition. Much, yeah. I'm saying these messages, we're having these conversations that feel quite impactful at an individual level. How can we kind of contain that and put that out into you know, something that can impact a lot more people. And so now yeah. today, day to day, it's mostly about creating relationships and connecting with people and um, paying attention to the way that I am moving on a momentary basis is something that I've found to be really fascinating. Yeah. You know, so I think kind of started that journey of really like watching what's the quality of my movement on a momentary basis as I'm taking a shower, as I'm chopping vegetables, as I'm picking something up off of the ground, as I'm walking, as I'm breathing, you know, all of those are opportunities for fitness and wellness. Most of us, we just kind of backload that fitness into like going to the gym or going to Pilates studio once a day. And then the rest of the day, it's like martyring ourselves for, you know, mm -hmm. work, paying rent. Yeah. There's, there is a possibility that we can converge both of those worlds and make our lifestyles a little bit more healthy, literally the whole entire day. So that's what I've been really fascinated with. Now, is this what the Align Method is about? Yeah. So teaching people essentially like, it's insane to me that physical education, you know, you go to phys ed class and you learn to how to like huck kickballs at each other's faces. <laughs> You know, and like like that. basketball, the rules of basketball or something, yeah, and like yeah. it's like that's not really physical education. That's just learning how to play basketball. Yeah. You know, which there's part of that you'll you'll get a lot with that. But I like the idea of physical inhabitants. Mm -hmm. you know, so teaching people, essentially giving people like the user's manual or the driver's book on how to drive this piece of machinery that uh -huh. is your body on a momentary basis. Yeah. So all day long is an opportunity if you have like those basic fundamental mechanics figured out. But like literally we're never taught that. And if you look at teachers in school, most of them aren't really moving that well either because they've been desk bound and chair bound and kind of stuck in these same deleterious positions. Mm -hmm. So we, we couldn't really expect for them to be teaching kids any different. No, not at all. And I, I really appreciate that because from my side, I'm over here every day explaining the importance of aerobic, anaerobic movement, functional movement, just having an awareness of your body. And I can admit that e even before this year that there was not much self-awareness in my body. I was a lot more in my mind, right? And, yeah. and just focusing on that without the connection. Um, but the people I've been meeting this year have been really facilitating for me to even be having an awareness of my toes and the flexibility of my toes right. and what's the range of motion of my toes. And I had no idea that I have stiff feet. But that's incredible that now you are facilitating this information for people that they can do it every day. So then it becomes like what you said interestingly before we came on 
the air, is you can do those movements outside of the gym. You got to. But so what does that what does that mean? How do I squat outside the gym? Yeah. Well, so that, so just kind of like a sign up. There's an interesting woman called Joan Vernicos. She mm-hmm. wrote a book called uh, Sitting Kill Sitting Kills, which is like a, a bit of like a harsh name, but nonetheless. Um, and she worked with NASA with the astronauts for the last over 40 years and working in like the the health department. So looking after the health of the astronauts while yeah. they're up in space. And what she found with that is the astronauts that would like we do, backload or front load their fitness into a small little container on the mm-hmm. spaceship, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll just bust out some plyometric whatever for a right. few hours and then go back to work the rest of the day. They end up going through this rapid aging process. So their bones start deteriorating and, the, and their, their muscles start turning into fat and their cognitive wow. function starts declining. And since they just like, wah, like warp speed wow. into, into becoming a senior. Um, which I don't think, I, I think that we can still stay strong and robust and youthful all the way until the point that we die. So we can start to, we can start to take that, uh, that gym time and instead of it being like loaded all into this one little dense pocket, how do we kind of puncture that pocket and bah, yeah. perfuse that through the rest of the day? Yeah. You know, so most of us, we end up kind of like, we just do this, this talking face thing, yeah. you know, we're hanging out and it's like socially acceptable for us to be together and move our, move our face. Yeah. You know, that, don't allow anything, face, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> allow anything to happen to the rest of your body. Yeah. You know, and it's a fascinating thing. Like, do you dance? Uh, yeah, I do actually. What I, kind of I, dance? I, just whatever Latin music I hear, I'm moving. Oh, good, cool, yeah, man. Just whatever is moving. Like that has been always since I was little. Yeah, like, music, movement. That's been my movement and passion. Great. Yeah. So it's a really interesting thing that I'll notice myself and people listening. I'm sure have probably tuned into this if they've ever tried dancing, especially if you're a dude. Um, if you move your hips in such a way, there's all this kind of like homophobic shame sure. that will pop up. Sure. You know, so that that specific movement that's actually really healthy for your body, yeah. there's potentially oftentimes all these emotional kind of constructs tied into that where it's like, oh, like that that movement's not okay. Yeah. You know, and so a similar thing happens. That's kind of one far end of the spectrum where it's like, oh, I'm I'm you know, I feel ashamed about this movement. But there's also fear of kind of like moving differently. Mm-hmm. So anything when you're outside, you know, and you're out in the street or you're at a conference or something like that, totally socially acceptable for you to hunch over and stare into your phone sure if you do that you're part of the tribe yeah it's totally cool you know but if you all of a sudden were like you got big and you started taking up some more space in your body or maybe you hung off of Uh you know a pole or something like that or maybe you stretched a little bit or whatever people are like who the hell is that guy yeah what's wrong with him yeah some kind of like disorder or something yeah yeah. you know and so we're in a place because we all want to we all want to kind of stay inside of the tribe Mm -hmm. like that's the worst thing that can happen is you get isolated separated from the tribe Mm -hmm. And so presently, the model, the shape of the tribe is kind of more in a, in a position of, of uh, collapse. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, so if you're collapsing, it's like, cool, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can attest to it because, no, ladies and gentlemen, you, we were having a conversation before we went on and mid-convo, you just go into this squat position and you're holding it. And I was like, you know what? That's not even foreign to me because I've seen it happen. But mm. I can see if you did it at a conference or something, they'd be like, who's that hippie back there mm-hmm. doing some squats? But um, 
how how are we able to incorporate such movements? Like, what, what about posture? What's the most because men and women were affected by really crappy posture? Well, something really simple would be people can. There's a whole book. There's a book called Shoulder Pain Question Mark um, that breaks down a, a simple postural adjustment fix that people can do, especially if you're experiencing shoulder pain. It's just hanging each day. Mm-hmm. And so incorporating in in that book, he recommends a minute and a half, which in my upcoming book, I kind of I kind of have a similar. I have a chapter. It's on that specifically. I have a similar recommendation, uh, but just get a pull-up bar, you know, or find a tree branch outside your house or something like that would be even better. Yeah. And just in in total, hang off of that little sucker for a minute and a half each day. So that could be 15 seconds, six times, or however you want to do it. And what happens with that is it literally starts to reshape your shoulder girdle. So most of us were kind of stuck in that hyperkyphotic, meaning Mm -hmm. like your spine's kind of rolling forward and that medial rotation of the shoulders and forward head posture. You know, that's like the new normal. The iPhone posture. That that iPhone posture. Yeah. 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 You know, so something as simple as just each day, just you know, throw a pull-up bar in between your doorway, yeah. in like, you know, yeah. like an office door or something like that. Every time you go through, they're just a little, whew, a little yeah. swing through that. Those small little steps aggregate into huge gains in the long term. And so that would be like a really simple example. Another thing would be spend more time on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, so get yourself like a, a floor cushion, get like a comfy rug at your place. Maybe try eating dinner with your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend one night and have, oh, maybe do Ethiopian food. Make it be like a whole cultural thing, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and spend that time on the ground. As you're doing that, it's better for digestion, right? So we're bringing our legs up closer to our heart. In order to digest food effectively, we need to have blood in mm-hmm. our vital organs. Mm-hmm. If your blood's pulling up in your lower compartments, that makes digestion be more of a pain in the ass. Sure. So something that real simple, it would be a little awkward to like put your legs up a wall while you're while you're sitting, but the yeah. rest of the world since forever has been eating on the ground. Yeah. This sitting amazing. up on the chair and just allowing your legs to kind of pull up with yeah. blood and lymph mm-hmm. while you digest food, yeah. it's very strange. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it is. A, it is a strange concept. It, it's so it's so crazy how it's super normalized for us. But then the rest of the world, over time, has just been following these practices, and we're like, "What is this? What yeah. is this weird stuff that I'm seeing?" Yeah, um, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You, you're gonna find. I'm gonna put up a post or a, a story, and you're gonna see me sitting Indian style. Yeah, eating. people are doing it. Tag floor culture. Hashtag floor culture. Is that that's right? A, yeah, people. I, I just I, I I didn't repost it, but I just saw one uh, from Argentina. That they they tie me in today is like uh, uh, cultura cultura el piso yeah Floor yeah culture cultura del piso yeah cultura del piso that's amazing yeah. <laughs> I'm like I, that's right I love that so <laughs> like cultura so you're really into <laughs> into breaking down those norms and getting in touch with sort of like your I mean you're barefoot right now you walked in here barefoot I mean well, I had you, shoes. you had shoes but yeah, but I, I love that because I talk about grounding every single day the importance of what grounding is yeah. Right, because we medically we see how powerful that is. But are you doing it for that reason, or also for the functional walking? Do what, what about shoes? Your feet are, you know, it's one of the most sensitive places on your whole entire body. You know, so you wouldn't walk around the world wearing like mitts over your hands all the time to right. protect your hands, or you wouldn't necessarily do that with your face. But as far as the representation on your, your body map and your brain, your feet have a similar, similar degree of, of sensory receptors as those places. Mm-hmm. And so as you're moving through the world, you want those parts of your body that are sensitive to sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. You know, so they're continually sending this millions of bits of information back to your brain, kind of telling you where you are in space. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine like a cat or a dog, if you put mittens <laughs> over there, they're oh, they, like, they march. Oh yeah. They're like, what yeah, is yeah, going on? Yeah, 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 so now true. look at a girl in Hollywood Boulevard wearing high heels. Ah, wow. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, we, whoa. Yeah, we don't even make these connections, but it's so true. Yeah. How can you get back? Because yeah, it's true. I mean, medically we know how many sensory receptors are there and they just feed right back up to the, yeah. to the spine and to the brain. Um, Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, can you walk barefoot? Take some time, walk around home, walk around outside. Yeah, get a couple of rocks in your, you know, I mean, you could get like foam rollers or balls or whatever for your office, but just go out and find a couple like smooth rocks and put them, if you have a standing desk or whatever, put those rocks underneath your feet. And now you'll have this textured contoured surface that was free. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you have, you're doing reflexology on your feet. Yeah. You can balance up on it and you can kind of take that low off your lower back because you're slightly flexing that hip on each side, alternating sides. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to pump that your your sacrum. You're moving yeah. that cerebral spinal fluid uh, up and down I your see. spine. Yeah, that just standing in a in a, in a kind of stuck on static position all day. Yeah. Your body doesn't know what that is. Yeah, and I think there's also value in having a practice of staying still at the same time. Yeah. So in, in Qigong, that's a, it's called the Wuji position, which is just standing in place and kind of allowing your body, your parts to fall into position to actually find alignment. So kind of getting out of the way of all of the rules and the dogmas of what structural alignment is yeah. and actually giving your body the opportunity to sit into itself and see what alignment pops up. You know, so a lot of what we're talking about thus far, I'm talking about is, is like, kind of rules and baselines at some point you need to let go of the rules and let go of the baselines and just be and just be Mm -hmm. you know i think it was was it jung maybe jung might have said uh maybe joseph campbell maybe it was jung um in order to find god you have to become a heretic Mm -hmm. and so in order to 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 find the truth of yourself you have to let go of all the shit that you've learned Mm -hmm. at some point yeah dissolve it right dissolve it you know so the stuff that you've learned brings you back to a point that it, it kind of starts to like distill yourself or let go of some of that static to the point that you actually have a chance at feeling into something that's a little bit more like in alignment mm-hmm. and then from there ideally you know you take the 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 uh the raft across the river and then eventually let go of the raft and you keep on marching yeah that's you know, cool. so we're using these tools and these tips to get across the river mm-hmm. because we've been so far out of alignment for so long but then eventually you know get your wuji position on and just kind of feel into what alignment feels like to you i, I love that do you meditate yourself yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A big I'd like to do more, um, but I'm only recently, like I've done a 10 day Vipassana um, recently. It was like six months ago or something like that. And that's a silent retreat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Noble silence. So mm-hmm. you can't look at anybody. You don't, uh, you essentially literally you wake up every day at 4 a.m. and you just freaking meditate. Really? And how, how was that for you? How, how it was, was that? Great. Yeah, like, like let's yeah. say there's a viewer listener who's like, I've been looking into that. Like, oh, it's the coolest. What was your experience People go like? crazy. I, I, afterwards, they, I had um, kind of like this interesting psychedelic-esque experience after the, I came home. I woke up, like for the next like following like three or four nights or so, I'd wake up and my mind was... The dreams were so vivid or something that I'd wake up that I literally was like, it was completely 100% as though I was tripping on some type of Mm -hmm. psilocybin or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was like, it really, it it, it turns your mind in in directions that you won't, 
it can be surprising. At what point did it start getting difficult to not communicate and or just? Oh man, I'm I'm weak the whole time. You know, it wasn't <laughs> until like like the ninth day that I was like. Oh, you know, because it's it's like the the what is that called the the what is that central governor theory? Tim Noakes, you're familiar with him. No, what, what he's is great. The South African guy. So central governor theory essentially is if you're running a marathon or doing any type of like endurance race, you have this central governor that you have a sense of what time where you are on the race, oh. and when you get to the end of the race, all of a sudden your body's like hell yeah, like feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so you, your your body quantifies, maps out what you're doing, sure, and that's what dictates how tired or strong or whatever oh, that you feel. I see, I see, I see. Like your body knows this is like the fifth mile now. Uh -huh. You know, without you even knowing, there's a mile marker. Yeah, they have similar similar uh, conversations around like cramps and spasms and stuff like that. You're like, oh, you need more potassium, eat more bananas or mm -hmm. whatever. But it's like, well, it's also potentially you know a psychosomatic thing. Yeah, when it comes to mind body. I've seen some crazy stuff happen. And it's usually the first thing that I recommend or intervene with with patients, first, first and foremost, was the relationship between your mind and your body and how much of it is driving, right? These traumas are subconscious. How have you found that mind-body plays a role in just physical well-being? Have you seen that? Yeah, huge. You know, so there's, there's an interesting uh, study that was done in the University of San Francisco where they had people, had students go into a hunched over position and then they, as they were in that position, they asked them to think back into memories and see which memories were the easiest for them to access. And when students were in this hunched over, kind of like sad, depressive type position, it's way easier for them to access memories that feel kind of shitty. And when they go into more of like an upright, feeling strong and stable and stacked, mm -hmm. like they won, they're on top of the woolly mammoth, <laughs> they're like, wow, I'm feeling good. All of a sudden, you go back into this catalog of like all the times you felt great. Wow. You know, so you literally, you could think of your body almost like a tuning fork. Yeah. You know, so as you're moving through the world, you're continually tuning your thoughts, your feelings, your hormones. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the other stuff with like Amy Cuddy, you're probably familiar with, mm -hmm. the Harvard professor. She did the... I think it's like the second most popular TED talk ever where she was measuring uh, testosterone and cortisol levels when people were in those similar positions. Yeah. I so didn't in, know that that was a big, one of the second biggest TED talks though. It's very big. Whoa. Yeah. I think it's, it was a, excellent. Yeah. It was yeah. Beautiful. If you can cry on stage, you're going <laughs> to win. People just need emotional appeal. Yeah. You know, that's to, to feel that. That's what we need is we yeah. need emotion. We need heart. We need connection. Yeah. You know, so when you, there's like a little, little tidbit of like, wow, that's like a real person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like it's contagious to be around real people. Yeah, yeah, there's it's so, so much, true. Yeah, there's so much trying to be a thing. You know, so when you can get into something that's a little bit like, oh wow, that's just they're just it's like wow, they're crying on in front of thousands of people. It's like if you 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 feel it in yourself, we're attuning to each other. You yeah. know, we want to feel. Yeah, the body signals is so interesting for me. That San Francisco study that you mentioned, which I didn't even know about. That's awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, even like knowing that the team that lost a sporting event, they measure testosterone. It's lower. Mm, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's like yeah, same when you get in a, a fancy car, when you put on fancy clothes, right? Yeah, it's it's great to adorn yourself. Mm -hmm. Take a shower, put do your hair up, like get your nails did, mm -hmm. um, throw in some heels if that's makes you feel good. Yeah, you know, just don't wear them all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, but whatever you need to do to put you into that pocket of like, damn, like you're feeling, feeling it. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like whatever that is to you. Yeah, do that. Yeah, do more. Of <laughs> yeah, do more of it. Or, or, but be but be aligned. This is what I always say. Like. Do exactly what it is, but like, be aligned that you, what your true self is and who you are in relation to that, right? Like, you're not your heels, you know. You're not. Yeah. You're, you're, so, how does one encounter them? True, their true selves. I believe one of the fastest ways is through 
persistent meditation. Right? That's what everybody said forever. It, yeah, <laughs> but, like, but you know what? There's even instances where there's traumatic events where people face like some sort of reality where time stops. I always say when time stops, like there's people who are um, like adrenaline junkies. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, what are they addicted to? Are they addicted to the adrenaline or are they addicted to that they're facing and meeting them, their true selves, right? Because there's no presence of time, yep. right? You're literally in a state where you're just hyper there. You're hyper present. And I think that's some of the most incredible things. So there's different routes, but for me, it's like, man, meditation, it's like, it literally can change your brain. We know that. And I yeah. go over the, all of that. Increases the gray matter in the hippocampus. Yeah. It decreases the amygdala. Yeah. It like, literally changes the yeah. structure of your brain. You're literally less fearful uh -huh. about things, which is incredible. Yeah. And you're more empathetic and more connected. And that that me, like the the me driver, the rudimentary, or the, the, the monkey mind, yeah. that's just, it just relaxes a little bit. Have you heard of toxoplasmosis? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so as yeah. you're saying, like, like it's, well, they're doing it because, you know, it's like, well, maybe they have got a fucking parasite. <laughs> maybe the parasite <laughs> just took over, huh? <laughs> they're just taking over. Yeah. And they're trying to get that person to get back to uh, some cat intestines. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's like, it's like, maybe you'll get an intuition and eat some more cat and we'll start to restart the have cycle. Have you ever talked about toxoplasmosis on a, here? A little bit. I've done, it on, I've done it on Instagram, which is crazy to just talk about the power of what a parasite can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also saw something really crazy as a side note. Now, I don't know how we got in parasites, but oh, it's good. there's a snail with these like <laughs> googly eyes. And when the uh, parasite takes over, the snail eyes turn into swirls. Like it looks like a barbershop swirly Whoa. thing, black and white. That attracts Whoa. the birds. The birds eat, eat it. The birds get infected. They poop out. And then more snails eat the poop and the cycle begins over and over oh, and over. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? So, like, we never know, like, are we occupied by bacteria or bugs or, like, how much of our mind, body or, you know, motivations are part of that. You know, it's crazy. There's another one. It was it was a hornet. And I believe it's they, they infect roaches. I think it's roaches. Something, crickets, roaches, something like that. Um, some critter with an exoskeleton they could, that the hornets can put their their eggs inside, oh, wow. and they get on top of this 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 creature or whatever it is. You look it up on Google, um, and they get up top there, and they essentially almost like it looks like they're like mating with it, and they inject this this neurotoxin into it, and then all of a sudden the the critter the whatever it is call it a roach I don't think it's a roach, yeah. um, but it becomes like completely docile and it's kind of like after having sex in uh -huh, a way uh -huh. you know and it's like and the, the hornet's like come with me oh, they're, they're, they're they like, yeah hypnotized. sure whatever wow. and then it goes it takes it back to his his burrow or his cocoon and he and the the hornet puts the eggs inside of it and then uh it grows inside of that that creature whoa yeah so it's i just I, the only reason i'm saying that is is kind of just to go back and forth with like the weird things that happen in nature but i continually question what is controlling this whole mind, body, thoughts, feelings, emotions, directions. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Who's that. Who's in control here? Yeah. You I, know, I, the I, environment I, really is forming. Mm -hmm. You know, the medium is the massage. Have you ever yeah, heard of that, Marshall yeah, McLuhan? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Shut I, where, the heck I, up, I, really? I, where did I see that? Facebook? I don't know. I think there was a Facebook thing about <laughs> that. Like, I, I get my eyes on everything and I have like a photographic <laughs> memory, so it's like I see all this crazy stuff. <laughs> but anyway... I love that you, that you brought that up. Like we, and I love that you question, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where are we to, to just accept? That's what I did in medicine. I was like, I go, 
I don't believe that. I'm going to look it up myself and see if how I feel about it. Yeah. And I've always been questioning, always been questioning since I was a kid. But, you know, like we have this human experience and it's filtered through this, through this nervous system. And then we, we, we believe that we're this body. But I do believe that there's more and we're like in this ocean of that's something way deeper that connects us all. Yeah. So, I, so. I, I believe that that is in control. That is unfolding our life and we're just there. We're on the ride. We're experiencing. I, I was reading, um, what, no, it wasn't biology of belief, oh, but it Bruce. was, Oh, he's it's amazing. Good. Yeah. You all have to read that too. It's, it's, that was one of the first books that really like turned me on to thinking about kind of weird stuff like this. Yeah. I was like, 14 years old or something like that. And it's that was, amazing. I discovered psilocybin and biology of belief in the same year. Oh, what a year. <laughs> what That's a, a year. transformative <laughs> <What> a year. <laughs> but, but, but learning about like, what is the, the so they, I forgot what book it was, but yeah. there was a study that says, basically there was a test being run and there was these stimulations and the person had to make a decision, but they had, I think it was an EEG or different devices hooked up and they found that they've actually showed that they can see what the brain was going to do 10 seconds before mm -hmm. the person yeah. had the conscious decision. Yeah, your your pre-movement. Pre-movement, yeah. 10 seconds. Ten, yeah. that's, that's literally a lifetime in, in neurobiology and neurochemistry. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right to question who is in control, what is going on. But yeah. I don't know how we got here. We were just talking about feet, and now we ended up here. But well, it's amazing. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I dig it. And I think that you can start to get tap into that 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 pre movement stuff with, you know, if you habituate yourselves, like you, when shit hits the fan, you know, you have the plan until you get punched in the face, and then you just fall back on what you've what's like deeply ingrained. Yeah. You know, so the patterns that are deeply ingrained for most modern people are sitting in a kind of like a collapsed, hunched over mm -hmm. position, mm -hmm. you know, and then we watch YouTube videos of people doing sweet tricks on skateboards or snowboards or rock climbing or whatever. And we want to go and be like a Red Bull athlete. It's like, yeah. dude, you're not a Red Bull athlete. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're sitting in this, in this kind of position. That's like, it's a pretty darn defeated position. Yeah. You could at least say. You go into uh, a restaurant and I guarantee you'll see someone in that position, right? Yeah. Like hunched over. It's like, I, I find it so amazing that standing up straight in this woolly mammoth position mm -hmm. is able to influence our chemistry. That's crazy. And it's also being okay with going into those, you know, more depressive, depressing, like the literal definition of it to like bring down yeah. um, positions uh, and just realizing they're just different colors on the spectrum. Yeah. You know, so you could call those like grays or browns or blacks or whatever paint with gray and brown and black like use it it's great you it. yeah you know but also get some blues and some purples and some reds and pinks yeah you know like have all that the pinks might be shaking those hips in those homophobic ways we're like i don't know about this i've yeah. learned that this isn't okay yeah you yeah. know but in fact every color of you is completely fine yeah, you know so giving yourself the spaciousness to go into dark places and have a cry mm -hmm. you know there's like um have you heard of uh, Peter Levine, Awakening the Tiger Within? Somatic therapist guy. He's great. Book, it's one of yeah. the most important books I think that any person that's interested in this conversation could read. Ideally, the Align Method falls like somewhere in the category once it comes out in December. Um, but read Awakening the Tiger Within. Uh, it's just it's just great. And one of the things he gets into with that is the uh, when animals get go into like some type of um, like a freeze position, mm -hmm. you know, so like say a bird runs into a glass window or a, you know, a zebra is being chased by a tiger or something like that. It will go into this immobilized 
shut down state and like a polyvagal terms would be like the dorsal dorsal vagus mm -hmm. comes online and they go into this this shutdown place and then when they come out of that position they need to go through this kind of like convulsive tremorous release mm -hmm. thing because internally they're moving a million miles an hour and externally they're moving zero mm -hmm. you know and so in order to make that transition back into mobilization where they're walking and they're like cool i'm a zebra again yeah they have to get that all true? that stuff out yeah interesting and so that's a really crucially important moment that i experience with regularity with clients where oftentimes we'll be working together and all of a sudden you know arms will start to tremor legs will tremor they'll start to t -t -t -t. you can see their diaphragm start mm -hmm. to do some things it's like oh interesting what is that it's like oh that's the zebra thing yeah amazing uh, amazing <laughs> so is it just with trauma or is it with like uh because you mentioned like hitting a window or like running away from life. yeah it's pretty traumatic you know you're cruising around and cool yeah you know it's like whoa yeah so i thought i thought it was this way and it is not uh, <laughs> i'm yeah. on the ground so how do we access that i think stillness stillness yeah you know yeah. so having a container and having like a safe container that we actually feel secure enough to get into some of our internalized shit yeah you know if you don't think that you've internalized shit you're not oh, looking yeah. close enough so true and <laughs> I want to. I want to let you in into one of my morning rituals. Is yeah. I lay down and I close my eyes and I take away from the brain again to the body. So the, I have to look at my feet. That's that's and this is one of the lessons I learned. Like breathing, breathing, breathing into the feet, and then then I feel energy flowing from feet all the way to head. So I go each part like inch by inch, huh. and it's really crazy how you'll feel start spasming, like your calf will start spasming and your quad. Oh, wow. Usually for me, when it hits my stomach which I know that's where I hold in trauma or I hold in stress. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of movement to the point where sometimes like, I'm like, am I having a seizure? Like, is this, is this what a seizure feels like? Because I feel that energy flowing so hard, cool. so hard. And, and you don't want to be scared of it. No, not Just at let all. Just let it go, let it run its yeah, course. Let it, let it run its course. Yep. And usually I'm breathing with it. And then it's crazy. It's like a valve of air is just released because I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, and if, if you encounter someone that maybe they just got into a bike accident on the road or something like that and they're going through one of those experiences, the typical tendency for people is, and I've, I've used to be this way, now I'm not, um, but is you always want to help. Yeah. You know, your character says, says if someone's having a, yeah, 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 yeah. a moment, you're like, okay, uh, how do we stop this yeah. now? Like, yeah. You know, there's a whole nother avenue. It's like, maybe your body's doing what it naturally needs to do to purge this eternalized stress. Yeah. And this is a perfectly fine opportunity just to like sit and maybe, you know, put your hand on their knee and be with them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. I mean, we can all relate to that, right? Like, you know, when we were kids, we've all rolled our ankles and we're like shaking a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. but um, taught by society, hey, 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 you know, you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're a man. Yeah, people, especially like masculine, from the masculine perspective, we're always wanting to fix you know, and it's like, that's our comfort level. It's like, okay, like I got my toolbox and I got my schematics and like, oh, I'll, I'll fix it. Yeah. You know, and sometimes really what a person needs is just space and care. Yeah. You know, they just need to feel supported. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily need to answer their questions or anything. They just like, let them talk and let them kind of ooze, let it come out. Yeah. I love that. And, and you've lended some things into not accepting society's role of masculinity in the first place, which is amazing because mm -hmm. I'm there with you. What are some of the most pathological standpoints that we have as a society of what we label as a man and what a man should be? What do you think is something that just does not serve humanity? Oh, wow. 
I don't know where I came up with that question. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out, man. Man, let me think about that for a second. I mean, the obvious one, while I kind of like go in the back end and think deeper into it, is the way that a man moves. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's a really fascinating thing when you you just look at a person, you know, walking down the street. Like there's this, uh, I call it uh, in the in the in the upcoming book, I call it the Swall archetype. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we have these. I break down these five archetypal postural positions. Yeah. And the one that I come from is is Swall. You know, so Swall is actually a, def- a word in Webster's dic- dictionary. Are you familiar with this word, Swall? Like no. some dude that's Swall. I, I, I can hear like Swall. Yeah, Swall. Like, like, hey, bro, you're Swall. Yeah, you're Swall. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah you got so the that, Swall. Yeah, okay. so that you got the Swall, right. So that Swall position, essentially, it's like, you know, you puff your chest out, sure. you roll your shoulders back, yeah, and yeah. you kind of waddle like you got like a, a, a stick gently placed up your ass, <laughs> and you kind of waddle down the street, and that's yeah. that's the move. Yeah. You know, and what you're doing is you're just showing the, you want the world to know that you're strong and, you know, stay back and you can take care of it yeah. and, you know, like all that, like you're very capable, Yeah. you know, but everybody knows like if you're in that position, you're actually, I mean, maybe not everybody, but the way that I see it is that position typically is an indication of insecurity, mm-hmm. you know, so you're showing the world that you're this way because underneath that oftentimes, at least I can only speak for myself. I was like a, a scared little boy, yeah. Yeah. you know, trying to pack on superficial slabs of muscle to yeah. show people that I was in control. Sure. I think underneath that position of waddling down the street, there's a more natural position that exists that, uh, you know, it's, it's not the standard norm of what we see in the front of like muscle and fitness, mm-hmm. you know, or the front of like fill in the blank muscle mani- whatever magazine yeah. Yeah. on the front there, you just see swall man, <laughs> yeah. you know, and oftentimes really what we're, what, what that, that position indicates is uh, scared man, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but, but we, 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 we identify with like, okay, that's what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. You have to waddle down the street and have all these unnecessary slabs of meat on your body, and then I'll be enough. Yeah, you're not gonna be enough at that point. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. feel a little less mobile. Yeah, I'd be really interested to look at the other archetypes. That's so cool. To that, that I'm, I've been pretty uh, vocal about like masculinity and and um, like how pathological it is for a man to think he must be this and only this, and this is my relation to my partner and or kids or family yeah. um, because we have so much more to offer society. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes with females, right? The feminine energy. It's like a beautiful balance, however it lands, but we, we can do so much more. And I think that um, you're breaking down that boundary and I, I appreciate that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, we're, I mean, we're... There, just because you have a specific type of general doesn't mean that you're any more or less masculine or feminine. Like, like that quality is something that's shared by people with a vagina or you know a yeah. yoni or people with a cock. Like, yeah, it's yeah. you can have those qualities in e- either side. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we get confused of like, okay, I am a man, so this is who I have to be. It's like maybe you happen to have a penis. Yeah. And you, you know, it would be a value for you to explore more of those feminine aspects of yourself yeah you know and the same thing can go with a female and what we're always looking for is we're looking to kind of like balance those polarities yeah. you know most of the times in relationships you'll find someone that balances out your masculine or your feminine for balances sure. out other aspects as well yeah maybe you know, subconsciously we just find even, balance yeah maybe even completely. subconsciously you're just like oh look what i'm attracting and i see this as attractive because that's part of you that maybe you're refusing to access 
or not wanting to access. So I love that, that people can compliment you like that. But, or you're um, attracted to the smell of their sweat. Yeah. Because you want to complete your, because yeah, yeah. you want uh, someone that can balance yeah. out your immune system. Yeah. If it's, it's a, your offspring. It's crazy stuff, right? T-shirt study. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just, just, just a point of interest, right? Like yeah. how cool is that stuff where like we have all of these cues, right? Where mm-hmm. we're like, oh, I'm attracted to that person. I don't know why. Well, you know, there's pheromones, there's symmetry or whatever it is for these yep. people, but and uh, that's and it's kind of in the same vein where we get thrown off in modern culture because we're wearing you know deodorants and crap with all the parabens and all the bullshit oh, that yeah. one at like a deeper hormonal level is throwing us off, mm-hmm. but also from like an attracting the right mate level is throwing us off as well. Yeah, you know, so if everybody smells like you know axe. Like yeah, ball accent, spray or whatever. Yeah. You're like, that's like, that's not going to send the signal to the other female animals, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that for them to actually know, like, oh, you're an optimal mate. Yeah, I you see. Know, so when we all smell the same, then we do a similar thing with, um, you know, advertising where we have like media is like, okay, there's like these three or four kind of archetypal, sexy, female looks and that's it and three or four archetypal sexy male looks Mm -hmm. and if you are within that you'll do great in the society wow but if you're not within that this is gonna be a rough go Mm, interesting but but really i got this from uh another guy brian kest who's he's he told me that really we're just attracted to people that look like our our mom as as men you know it's like well you're like remind me i I don't know that's what he said i was like that's interesting Uh, yeah i heard (laughs) that i heard we're attracted to people who look uh, like ourselves oh yeah i think that might make sense too i don't know this is just something he said i thought was interesting but but within that we're attracted to what we actually are attracted to is the whole gamut of human being yeah you know, but what what media does is it kind of puts us into this kind of like bottleneck yeah. of like, nope, you're attracted to of the seven or the you know three and a half billion potential people. There's like five hundred thousand that like they're the good ones. Oh wow! Yeah. You know, and really, if we take all that media stuff out of there and we take all the axe ball spray off your body, yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a ball. Yeah, it opens up. It's like, wow, I really love everybody. Yeah, we're <laughs> so like much all more into spectrum yeah. of love. So that's so it's true, actually. How disconnected are we from nature? Like, let's say, because you just lended with that conversation saying that, like, okay, yeah, we could really have more targeted attraction to people who are optimal for us. But in general, are we just detached from nature? Would you say? Yeah, man. I mean, that's what biohacking is and the whole movement around that. Mm -hmm. It's just people that want to take their shoes off and go to a park. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really what we're trying to do. Yeah. You know, like Shinrin Yoku, like Japanese word for nature be- bathing. You mm-hmm. know, you go out and like you're breathing in the phytoncides from the trees and yeah. it stimulates your immune system and looking yeah. out into the distance calms your body and puts you in a more parasympathetic state and mm-hmm. like all these and you're breathing the, the, the free electrons and like it's like all this stuff that naturally you just get from just being outside. Yeah. You know, but instead we're trying to kind of fit like, okay, how can I stay in the room with the air conditioned air and you know the artificial blue lights yeah. and you know and the and the kind of like the 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 lack of sensation lack of adaptation or adaptive qualities of the room it's just flat yeah when it's just flat your body's an adaptation machine like the reason that hunter gatherers is like worthy of something to kind of strive toward is because their whole life is adaptation mm. 
You know, so you think like, oh, a storm's coming. Okay, cool. We have to figure out. Let's prepare for the storm. Yeah. You're looking out in the distance, and your yeah. senses are are feeling into the humidity of the air. Yeah, yeah. Like know? when's it coming? How how bad's it going to be? Yeah, absolutely. Because we have all of those special abilities. Absolutely, right? man. And We're, that's what that's what that's what turns your that's what turns your your gears. Yeah, you need that. Yeah. If you yeah. do that, you'll be a turned on person. I love that. And it doesn't need to be that you're preparing for a storm to come and you're feeling in the humidity of the air. Just anything like that. Play soccer. Or football. So is it <laughs> something know? like that? So, so you're saying one of the quickest ways to turn on those gears is, you know, not many of us are going to go live in a cabin in the woods, walk barefoot, yeah. and do all these things. Yeah, it's unlikely. How can we do those things at least gently to start introducing them to our lives? You know, like make that be a normal part. Like start putting your calls, batch your calls into cool. Sweet. I have these three calls. Each one's going to take about 20 minutes. Awesome. That's an hour walk. It's going to be great. You know, uh, so I'm going to go out and then I'm going to take my sunglasses off, mm-hmm. you know, because I want that sun to actually hit my eyes and hit my skin and, yep. you know, hit the, the super chiasmatic nucleus <laughs> and stimulate dopamines and yeah, serotonins yeah. and like activate my neurochemistry mm-hmm. because I am essentially like, a, you know, I run on the sun. Yeah, you've evolved with it. We yeah. are the sun. Yeah, man. we know how to do it. You know, so all of a yeah. sudden it's almost like an autoimmune disease. Yeah. You trying to protect yourself and push away from the sun, it's like, no. You are the sun, yeah. man. Yeah. Where yeah. do you think you came from? Yeah, it's true. You know, so it's a similar thing of like, it's, I mean, I think this is all lens, it's all this, the same conversation of putting, you know, an, disinfectant, antimicrobial, antibacterial soap on your hair. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. me off of me. Get me yeah. off of me. It's like, dude, you're on you. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Learn how to adapt to it. I love that. It's so true, man. So we could do that. All right. So so get in touch with nature. Go for a Go walk. Go for a walk. Take off your shoes. Be in the sun. These are simple, cheap things that we yeah. can all do. Yeah. Put your workstation near a window. Okay. And open it. You all know, right. because when you have the window down, you're blocking, I think it's UVB light. You're, you're blocking a, a percentage mm-hmm. of the frequencies of light. Mm-hmm. You know, so your body's built. It's, it's built to adapt to actually being able to absorb the whole the whole spectrum of light. Yeah. When you block out one specific part, much like eating a supplement, it's all yeah. the same conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Whoa, what is this?" Yeah. Like, okay, we can figure it out because we're super adaptable. But shit, man, like, yeah, can you get it from food? Can't please? you just eat? Some, yeah, yeah. Steam some kale. Yeah, eat like, an orange. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> eat an orange instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a that's that's why I'm a whole foods crazy man because that's that's what I'm about. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Putting it by putting it by the um the window. Getting yep. some and air, be on the ground as you're by the window being on the ground yeah so get like put your computer on top of either i mean chairs happen to be the perfect height for a floor sitting desk mm-hmm. you know so your chair becomes your desk mm-hmm. so you don't need to spend any more money mm-hmm. and then the, the the your chair like the the part that you actually put your butt on um, becomes a foam roller becomes a yoga block becomes uh, a, like a, a, a few a few pillows yeah. yeah you need as you're sitting on the floor it's really important that you do it well or else mm-hmm. you're just not going to do it and you're going to Probably not make things worse, but it's just not going to be, you know, you're not going to keep doing it if it's not comfortable. Yeah. Your hips need to be above your knees. If your okay. hips are above your knees, so if you put like a golf ball on your femur, on your thigh, it yeah. would roll down towards the knee. Mm-hmm. If that's happening, then you're going to be on the front edge of those sit bones, the ischial tuberosities. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in that position, now you're stacking your spine up. So you're in that strong, uh, stacked. I see. Diaphragm's coming online. You're getting full breath of air. You're essentially in that like woolly mammoth yeah. winning position as you're banging out emails. So even folks who do have to sit at a chair in their office, then are you saying that we should have something under our butt to, to You need it? your your hips to be, so this chair is too low for you. Yeah. So you need your, your butt to be above your knees. Yeah. So maybe like having a, a, like, like maybe even a yeah. towel like this. So yeah. More likely it. just get a different chair because it's yeah. probably like at your place. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, get like just or get like pillows ball. underneath there, whatever it is. Right? Like, what about those balls? Those are uh, great the too. Bosu balls. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. All you know, right. it's like they're great. Like keeping that that mobility and that motion is great in in the hips. Um, but regardless, if the hips are not above the knees, then you're still going to be mobilizing yourself in like kind of a dysfunctional position. Uh, and now yeah. you're starting to add like torque to a system that's already imbalanced, yeah. and that's like the, the 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 birthplace of disc herniations. Okay, so next time you see me, <laughs> I'm gonna be barefoot. I'd have been in that squat position way more naturally because we tried Good. it before I got here. Yeah. Raise your heels up as you're doing it for Raise most your people. Heels. Yeah. Raise your heels when you're doing the squat position. Yeah, malasana squat, if you wanna just look up that, you know, third world squat, whatever. Yeah. But if you raise your heels up, you won't have to start to steal from your knees and your yeah. ankles won't shoot out. Yeah. It's like, it's not a good look. But that's a very natural squat position, malasana squat. Yeah, you will you will get with time, your body will get to a point where you can naturally do a malasana. But if all you're doing is a yoga class three days a week and then you go back to like typical Western culture, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You know, but if you start to integrate yoga, yoga just the literal meaning of the word, like mm -hmm. yoke or use or union, um, integrate that or integration into your life, mm -hmm. now you're woo. Yeah. You know, now you're cooking with fire or grease or whatever the term is. Yeah. You know, now you're like, we're moving now. Yeah. So you, so you would suggest, let's say if someone's coming home and they want to watch Game of Thrones, the last episode, can they sit, go in the Molossina squat instead of sitting down? Yeah, they're probably bit? not going to stay there, but so go in a Molossina squat, you're in a straddle position, so your okay. legs are going out wide, go in a 90-90 position, so now okay. you're mobilizing both of your, your hips, one hip's going into internal rotation, the other hip's going into external rotation. Oh, okay, 90-90. Um, yep, then go into like a Seiza, like Japanese, like kneeling position, yeah. then you go into a toe sit, then you go into a Molossina, yeah. then maybe you want to get up and take a pee or make some tea or whatever, yeah. you know, and then, so you're getting, that's essentially like a, you know, it's like a Turkish get up uh -huh. in a way, because you're, you're back and you get all the way up it's like wow that tv session you just, I just became functional I just worked myself yeah, out yeah that's amazing yeah so you so it's cheap and you could do it at home so long as like so where can people learn more about all of these poses do they go online do you have a resource because yeah like, yeah yeah um so i have a, a five-day movement challenge where i break down all this most of the stuff that we talked about so far this is like the hanging and the breathing and the mm -hmm. floor time um so that's just at alignpodcast.com it's the very first thing you'll see five-day movement yeah. challenge it just breaks each of those down yeah. the videos the videos are all like really well done and kind of like silly which is fun yeah so it's like they're interesting part of your personality yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah that's the authenticity of like you know like i try to bring my true self here too yeah you brought me a band what does that band do oh yeah thanks man thanks for mentioning um so it's a heavy duty resistance band and then mm -hmm. it has a door anchor and uh essentially what that allows you to do is allows you to mobilize all of your joints when you are traveling in a hotel room you could attach the band to like the side of your car or a closet door mm -hmm. i at my place keep the band just hanging off of a closet door mm -hmm. and that way as I walk by, I can put it around my shoulders and kind of pull the shoulders back and yeah. put it around my wrist and kind of open up some of that carpal tunnel stuff. Yeah. Um, so essentially it's like, I consider it to be like like one of the most important travel tools any person can have. And it's easy, you could just roll it up and put it in your, in yeah. your suitcase. Yeah, it weighs nothing. You know? and, so yeah. if, you have, if you have that and a lacrosse ball, like you're good. Yeah, so what about the, and I wanted to bring that up before we go. Mm -hmm. What about the lacrosse ball? What do we do with it? Um, so balls typically are going to be better for uh, shearing tissue and getting in between. It's called muscular septa. Mm -hmm. So you want to separate in between muscle bellies. Yeah. Right? So say like your quads, for example. So there's a quad, quadricep, four. So there's four muscle bellies there. So 
you could take a foam roller and just smash all that shit together, uh-huh. you know, and or you could go through and kind of get a little more technical and be a little bit more like a, almost think of the ball as almost like a scalpel, like you're filleting, sure. you're creating space in between each of those quad bellies. Right. When you're doing that, that's the high con- highest concentration of all the mechanoreceptors and the parts that essentially like dictate like the length and the yeah. tonicity of the muscle mm-hmm. and also will help you start to downregulate and calm down. Mm-hmm. So you get in there and then you start to kind of wiggle your leg a little bit and you can really create this dim differentiation in the muscles. Okay. You want differentiation, not just smashing. Yeah. It's the differentiation that permits your body to go through new full ranges of motion. So that's good, what, after a workout or just any day? Do we just... Yeah, before bed is a great time to do it. Do um, we roll on it or do we do it with our hands? Like Lacrosse I, ball or band? Lacrosse ball? Lacrosse ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends on the, on the place. So I have all of this stuff on... Uh, you know, so there's like an online program that breaks down all this stuff as well. On so your website? All, Yep. Yeah. Perfect. So it's all Align Align Method. It's a free seven day trial. Okay. Um, yeah. That's AlignPodcast.com/slash/AlignMethod, and it goes like deep into all this stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah. So within that, it's it's before bed would be a great time to do it because it starts to like I said, it downregulates your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So you start hitting on some of those mechanoreceptors that tell your body to start to oh calm down. Like think after you get a massage, yeah. your voice gets all low sure, and sure. you're all whoa. That's them them hitting on those mechanoreceptors. Yeah. that put you in a more downregulated state. I love that. Okay, yeah. look, we've gotten so many gems, man. Like, before you go, can you maybe let us in and say what is what some of the most what's the most important intervention we can do? Let's say we just this is all new information. Mm. What's something we could do starting tomorrow after listening to this podcast to get the ball rolling? Because a lot of people, this is can be overwhelming or this can be really new or yeah. you know having a real relationship with your body might be difficult for some yeah. folks. Yeah. I think start paying attention to your breath is right? a big thing. You know, that's like what every philosophy or movement philosophy or religious philosophy or any any of them has been saying for ever. You know, it's like it's it's all about the breath, like coming back to the breath, you know, and so it's Iyengar said the breath is the king of the nervous system. You know, and so if you can start to tap into just check in with your breath. You know, so as you're walking down the street, literally just pay attention and you can maybe bring your hands to the sides of your lower ribs and just see, am I actually breathing into the sides of my ribs right now? Mm -hmm. It's going to do a couple things. One, it's going to start to bring you into your physical body because now you're touching your body. So before you were just spinning up in your brain, in your head. Now all of a sudden I'm bringing my awareness down into my, my abdomen. You know, so that's going to be really helpful just to bring yourself back into your body. But also, you can emphasize the breath out as you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So when you're breathing out, it puts you more into a, this parasympathetic, rest, digest, calm type state. Um, and by activating that diaphragmatic breath, as opposed to keeping yourself up in the more clavicular territory, mm-hmm. like breathing mm-hmm. up in your shoulders, mm-hmm. breathing up in your shoulders, <laughs> that's that panic place. Sure. And so, stimulating the sympathetic, you know, all of those responses. Yeah, yeah. So something as simple as that is just paying attention. Just first notice, where is my breath? Mm-hmm. Um, second notice, what's the quality of my breath? Um, third notice, is it easy for me to breathe all the way out? Or is it easier for me to breathe all the way in? Mm-hmm. If it's really easy for you to breathe in, that's, <gasps> well, I can, mm-hmm. <gasps> I can surprise breath, no problem. But to breathe all the way out, I noticed this with, um, do you do cold plunges? 
No, I haven't. I want to. Oh, bad. good. Yeah, I'm so ready. I have a cold plunge in my place. Yeah. So oh, I, I do yeah. it, I do it um, with, with regularity. And, and something I, I noticed with that is the breathing out is really challenging. For sure. So as you get in, because you, in yeah, you want... <gasps> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so as you start to do that, it's like your, your nervous system's like, Mm-mm, you're not calm. Yeah. We're not breathing all the way out. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't, we don't activate that, that spectrum of the nervous system because you're freaking out right now. For sure. So the sooner that you can really access that ooh, yeah. all the way out. The sooner you start sending the signal through the, through your nervous system that okay, yeah. cool, we're we're calm. Yeah, I've done. I do that with hydrotherapy. I, I do cold water after every shower, really cold. Great, and that's been helpful. But in the beginning, you're just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. The uh, other thing I think would be reflect on your death, um, and reflect on like the, the 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 fact like looking back. Something I, I think an interesting exercise is like look back at your present mm-hmm. self now. Uh, as though you were 70 mm-hmm. and give yourself advice today. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, okay, like just like take a moment and you know, check in. Like, okay, I'm 70 years old. I got the wrinkles and I'm sitting in my rocker chair. Hopefully I'm on the floor by that, that yeah. point because yeah. we're, we're into yeah. it now. You know, looking back, I'm like, what can I do for, for a little Christian? Mm. You know, because you're a little Christian. Yeah. You know, you're, you're yeah. like, you're, you're like, like when you look back at yourself at whatever age you are, you're 30, 40, you're just like, oh, I'm just a little boy yeah. or a little yeah. girl. Yeah, even at 30, 40, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like, I think that sometimes we get so wrapped up in being stuck in this, this tunnel vision of what's important. It's like, that shit's not important for the most part. Yeah. You know, the things that are actually important are the meaningful connections that you create with people, the yeah. laughs that you had with people, yeah. that breath. Like how, every every moment that you move through the day and your breath was stuck up in your clavicles mm-hmm. and you're in this panic state because yeah. your cell phone bill and your rent and your, yeah. your work and you're not good enough for this reason and yeah. maybe you won't be loved. That's like deeper layers. You know, but a lot of the stuff comes up. I think it's just like a, a fear of not being loved. Um, but anyways, that's like a, a bigger conversation. The sooner that you can get in that point of like, fuck it, I'm enough. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. <laughs> hey man, you 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 finished strong. That was fire, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You've added so much value to listeners, to the viewers, and myself. Uh, I'm in deep gratitude for our conversation for sure. Thank you, brother. Man, like every time I finish a special guest segment i feel so good and high vibe and that's how you know if you are talking to someone and they fill your cup and you're inspired and you want to do more and do better keep more of those people around nobody should be draining you that guy was awesome check him out follow him go on his website do everything you can because he's adding a lot of value to the mind the body and the soul Hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, I'm coming with the fire. Thank you all for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Giving love to yourself. Giving love to others. Hug yourself. Hug your mom. Hug your dad. Hug everyone. I love you all. Goodbye.